Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Our list of fallen warriors today. Friends and family are remembering two Tennessee National Guardsmen who died in a UH-60 Blackhawk helicopter crash on Wednesday afternoon. Chief Warrant Officer 3rd Daniel Wadham and Chief Warrant Officer 3 Danny Randolph were assigned to A Company, uh, 1-230th Assault Helicopter Battalion from Nashville's Berry Field Air National Guard Base. Both were killed when their Black Hawk helicopter crashed during a training flight near Highway 53 and Burwell Road near Huntsville, Alabama. The two men are being remembered not only for their service, but as loving husbands and fathers. Randolph of Murfreesboro served with the guard for 13 years and leaves behind four children. It just reminds you that life is so short and it's so unpredictable. Um, McRaven, who made that comment, Cher McRaven told Channel 2 News with tears in her eyes that uh, she was in the National Guard with Randolph when he joined as a flight operations specialist. Currently, she says her brother is a crew chief over Randolph's unit. It's hard to lose somebody that's young and serving their country and serving their state. He was a good friend and always somebody who was a pleasure to be around and I'll never forget his smile. And I just hope all his brothers in arms and his unit are able to move forward and get through this. And I'm sure they will always remember him. Uh, Randolph's roots are in Gallatin, so Mayor Paige Brown told the news the city of Gallatin is saddened by the passing of a man whose foundation was built here. Wadham of Jolton served with the Tennessee National Guard for 15 years. He also worked with the Metro Nashville Police Department from 2016 through 2020. The Dover City Councilman Alex Berta posted on Facebook that Wadham was from Dover saying he proudly served his country. I think sometimes people believe that uh, if they die on the battlefield, that somehow that's uh, more noble than dying in a training mission. I don't believe that. I think that these men were ready to serve their country wherever they were called. And I'm uh, I'm just grateful that there are still men and women eager to serve this country, even when they're not quite sure what's going on in this country. And if they're not quite sure that the American people even appreciate the sacrifice that not only they make, but their families make as well. It was approximately three o'clock on Wednesday when that uh, Black Hawk helicopter crashed during a training flight. Both two, you know, both of these crew, crew members had families. 
No other service members or civilians were harmed in the incident. Federal and state authorities are investigating the crash, and the Tennessee National Guard will support law enforcement as they go through uh, all the evidence that is going to be at that site. It's been a while since I had to report on actual human beings' uh, lives lost. Um, if you listen to my uh, message today, the um, thought of the day, I actually talk about the Vietnam War and uh, what's on that wall. And some of the things that I mentioned really go unreported or unrecognized or unexplained to the American people. And part of what I think is my responsibility is to make sure that we don't forget. You know, uh, whether it's a World War, the few remaining World War II veterans that are around, or it's these uh, Korean War veterans that are now the uh, sort of senior class, and also we're losing them at a rapid rate, or whether it's the Vietnam veterans, who are my generation of veterans. Uh, I make sure to thank everyone that I see wearing a Vietnam veteran hat because uh, they're moving to the front of the line, as I say. I say that about myself. You know, my, my group of boomers, we're getting to the front of the line now, and we hear stories all the time about our contemporaries, our peers, our colleagues, who are, you know, th they're the ones that are now appearing in the uh, obituary columns. And it's, it's difficult, it's a difficult time for people like me to have to face that. You know, that I'm no longer looking at my parents' generation, I'm looking at my generation. The sacrifices are being made um, by younger generations to buoy those of my generation. It's just an interesting time. It's an interesting time for me. It's an interesting time for this country, certainly with what we see going on in the skies above us. It's pretty amazing when you think about uh, shooting balloons out of the sky. Now I hear that uh, a group of people who are part of a, you know, just a, a, a um, hobby club. I don't know how else to describe it, but you know, they they have this hobby. They send up uh, weather balloons, and and uh, you know, we're not even talking about uh, big, fancy, expensive we weather balloons. We're talking about you know. $20 weather balloons, and they send them up into the sky, and uh, now the United States government might actually, uh, you know, be shooting them out of the sky. Now, tell me how that's going to be cost-effective. You know, uh, unleashing F-16s on, <laughs> you know, uh, Hobby Club, Illinois Hobby Club balloons. I read that on Zero Hedge this morning. It was a $12 Pico balloon. Just let that resonate in your spirit for a moment. Edward Snowden posted, please tell me the White House did not spend the month of February scrambling jets to fire $400,000 missiles at the local hobby club's $12 balloon. Lord have mercy. Now the club's not pointing fingers, but they are pretty suspicious since their uh, small Pico balloon disappeared. It was last picked up via shortwave radio, this club, that's how they do it, on February 10th off the west coast of Alaska. 
and that it was projected to float over central Yukon Territory the following day. It disappeared around the time and in the general location of the February 11th F-22 shootdown of an unidentified object ordered by the White House. A small, globe-trotting balloon declared MIA by an Illinois-based hobbyist club has emerged as candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by the four heat-seeking missiles launched by the U.S. Air Force fighters. Just try to wrap your mind around that because the enthusiasts are so convinced that the Pentagon has been taking pot shots at mere Pico balloons, very expensive pot shots, mind you, that some of them have contacted multiple federal agencies to inform the authorities, but apparently no one is responding to them. You know, these are little tiny transmitters that these guys hold in their hands and Pico balloons, which are literally, you know, they're kind of like a, a, a Mylar balloon. And they've been flying these suckers for years. The FBI and OSD did not acknowledge that harmless Pico balloons are being considered as possible identities for the mystery objects shot down by the Air Force. Well, of course they're not gonna say that that's possible, right? Because how ridiculous does it make them look? Uh, does the term very ridiculous resonate with you? Of course it did. So meanwhile, uh, you know, Don Lemon, Don Lemon, has had to apologize. He was called into a staff meeting today to apologize for calling the former South Carolina governor and now 2024 presidential candidate Nikki Haley past her prime. I don't know what that makes me, you know. Um, he took the day off. Apparently he had a break that was scheduled before he uh, pulled this nonsense yesterday. But he, uh, he, he now says he, he's owing, owning up to his badly chosen words and that he stands against sexism and racism. And he thanked his female colleagues. His apology came a day after saying the 51-year-old Haley wasn't in her prime after she announced her candidacy. You know, this is a guy who supported Joe Biden, okay? And, and, and he certainly is past his prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry, Lemon said. A woman is considered to be in their prime in 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. If you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. Can you imagine how Poppy Harlow, at least she challenged him on the air, but he didn't walk it back during the show. Now he's just saying it was inartful and irrelevant. No, 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 it was, uh, it was ageism, it was sexism, it was absolutely inappropriate. How long are they going to keep this guy on? You know, they, they already had to move him out of prime time into this morning show with the, you know, the two female anchors trying to hold him up. And, and then he insults all womenhood. How long are they going to keep this guy on? That's my question. You know, if it was a conservative who said that, if it was Steve Ducey or Brian Kilmeade who said that about, I don't know, Hillary Clinton who at 70-something ran... If he had said she's way past her prime, women are in their prime in their 20s, 30s, 40s, what do you think would have happened to them? I could tell you what would have happened to them. There'd be no Brian Kilmeade radio show. There'd be no Brian Kilmeade on the uh, morning show 
on Fox. There'd be no Saturday afternoon Brian Kilmeade show. By the way, it's not just Brian Kilmeade, but guys like Steve Harvey and and guys like uh, you know who's the other the comic um, Kevin Hart. You know, can these guys ever let anybody else get a job? Why do they got to do three and four different shows? Just asking. You know, you know, I, I, and trust me, it's not because I'm jealous. I I barely want to do one hour a day. Never mind. Uh, you know, do three hours and four hours and then go back on and then go back on as a guest and then, uh, you know, do a radio show for another three hours. It's just, you know, that's way, 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 way. You, you've taken up all the oxygen. You know, young people never get a chance. That was just a passing comment because I was saying that Brian Kilmeade wouldn't have lasted if he made that comment about Hillary Clinton or about uh, Elizabeth Warren or anybody else. But... You know, Don Lemon probably just has a small hiccup. Took the day off. Everything's going to be all right. There's some other stuff that, you know, I have to get to today. I'm going to try and stay pretty much on schedule. It's difficult, especially when I don't have guests kind of holding me to the uh, format. <laughs> and I get to kind of rant and rave as I feel and see fit. Um, but I do have to talk about um, some news that the the people received yesterday um, who are kind of, you know, I spoke with Derek yesterday before the news came out. Uh, had he been on today or had it been, you know, if I had been recording it to air today, uh, probably the, the biggest celebrity news, in my opinion, would have been this diagnosis of Bruce Willis, which is so painful and so sad. Um, but I will be talking about it. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to download the 850 app on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, wherever you uh, download your apps. And don't forget to visit our website, 850wftl.com. It's the best way for you to uh, have a chance to win. You can register to win sweepstakes. You can register for the Tilson Bole, a $50 gift card from Bole Fresh Bold Kitchen. Uh, so you can try the all-new chef-crafted, Boles or bowls. I don't know. How do you pronounce that? I'll figure it out on the break. And then, of course, tickets for Rib Roundup, which is coming to South Florida. It's the most delicious country music festival coming on Saturday, March 4th. You can enter on the app or at 850wftl.com. Let me take a quick time out. I'll be right back. Oh All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com my goodness no really i i just i am i'm truly saddened by this news that came out from the family of bruce willis and i'm sure they had no choice but to uh, you know, make a public statement because they originally had said that he was uh, suffering from aphasia, which would have, you know, in my opinion, is usually the result of a, um, you know, a stroke or something of that nature. But he has now been diagnosed with something that is called frontotemporal dementia, and. I did a little bit of research about this, 
And, you know, uh, this is very, very, very serious. I mean, last year, I guess it was last March, he was stepping away from his acting career because of this aphasia that he uh, began suffering with, or at least that's what the original diagnosis was. Uh, Bruce's condition has progressed, and his family says we now know uh, we now have a more specific diagnosis, frontotemporal dementia, which is known as FTD. And um, it's pretty serious. You know, um, this is a disease that nobody talks about. I, I didn't even know that there was such a thing. I mean, I know there are various forms of dementia, but I had absolutely no idea when people step forward though and shine a light on a disease that you know the general public doesn't have a lot of experience with it is extremely groundbreaking is what it is um and you're beginning to hear from people all over uh, the show business world it is actually the it's a challenge with communication is one of the first symptoms and it's one of the most common forms of dementia in people under 60. Most FTD cases occur between the ages of 45 and 64. The disease is likely more common than the statistics suggest. It's just uh, nobody gets a formal diagnosis. I mean, if Bruce Willis's you know, diagnosis was delayed, you can only imagine how the average person who's probably not getting the best medical care and doesn't have the money to pay for extensive diagnostics, how they may never know. So um, his ex-wife, Demi Moore, took to Instagram to tell her followers about this. Um, and of course, they had children uh, together, some of whom are famous in their own right. Um, a, lot of, a lot of talent uh, people are stepping up and talking about, you know, how Bruce Willis was one of their absolute favorite actors. And, you know, I mean, I was thinking about this Die Hard, Sixth Sense, Pulp Fiction. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on of movies that this guy has made. So I did a little research, you know, what is frontotemporal dementia? And, um, you know, there's not a whole lot out there uh, on this. A lot of people with frontotemporal dementia have dramatic changes in their personality. They become very socially inappropriate, impulsive, emotionally indifferent. Others lose the ability to use language properly, and that seems to be what has happened to Bruce Willis. He won't be able to do many of the activities that we all do. But FTD is not uncommon, and I'm really surprised to hear that. Uh, it accounts for 20%, as I said before, of dementia cases that affect younger people. John Hopkins notes that FTD affects men and women equally, equally and that symptoms typically start between the ages of 40 and 65. About one in eight cases is genetic. For those without a genetic connection who are looking to reduce their risk, you've got to keep your brain active. Do things that make you uncomfortable. Don't just sit back and relax. The more you're engaged, the more you can prevent it. I've known this because, of course, my mother had Alzheimer's, uh, or at least that was the diagnosis. I, I tend to believe that it was a, she was misdiagnosed, but that's, that's a whole other story. Um, but the more you use your brain, the less likely you are to suffer with these various forms of dementia. And I was told that early on in her uh, case. And so 
I have been very, very, very proactive about continuing to use my, you know, people laugh all the time, and I say it all the time, that I, I don't watch television. I find television a very passive experience. Um, I'm still a reader. I do a lot of reading, both online and in on Kindle and in actual hardcover book form, um, plus a lot of uh, spiritual reading, because I find that it, it, it activates my brain um, way more than passively watching something on television. I always used to say when reality television first came about and there were a bunch of these reality shows, I would ask people all the time who would say to me, are you watching the whatever? I, I can't even name them because I don't watch them. You know, the, the, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, uh, um, a lot of these reality shows that I just never watched. The reason I never watched them was because I felt as though I was wasting that time when I could actually be using my brain or living my life. Uh, which doesn't mean I don't enjoy movies. I enjoyed a lot of the movies, 12 Monkeys. That was a great movie, a Bruce Willis movie, certainly Pulp Fiction. Um, plus, I you know I know lots of people who used to watch him on television. I think he was in the, the series Moonlighting with, um, oh my goodness, I can't think of her name right now. <laughs> um, she was Murphy Brown, whoever that, that actress was. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just one of these people who have tried to keep my my brain as active as possible. I, I, I suggest that to all people my age because we're at the front of the list now and you gotta, you gotta be using your brain if you wanna keep it active. Um, and and that, you know, now we know that Bruce Willis is facing uh, some very, very, um, very painful times. His whole family is going to be facing some very difficult challenges with this. But maybe it'll bring more attention to this disease, which affects the frontal and temporal lobes, according to the Mayo Clinic. Those are the parts of the brain that are associated with your personality, with your behavior, and of course, with language. So we wish his family well. Uh, we certainly wish him well. And, uh, and we hope that this at least shines a light on a progressive disorder that most people knew absolutely nothing about his condition will end up require. well, he's just gonna get worse. It's a degenerative disease and he will uh, require a lot of care. So pray for the strength of his family. They'll be the primary caregivers. All right, let me take a break. Um, and uh, when I come back, a couple of other things. I gotta talk about this Asbury revival at greater length than I talked about in the last couple of days because it just seems to be bigger and bigger every single day. And yes, I am going to, uh, I am going to mention uh, this report that a whole bunch of these uh, Fox personalities were saying one thing on the air and doing something else on television, or saying one thing off the air and saying something else on the air, because I don't know what to believe anymore. I really don't. But I don't trust a lot of the sources that are reporting on this story right now, nor do I necessarily uh, trust the personalities that are being discussed. So I got an interesting take on it. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. All right. Yeah. Here's the stories, the stories that I didn't get to this week that I wanted to get to this week. First and foremost, um, Moderna's mRNA influenza jab has failed. The flu shot failed. 
In a large clinical trial, the vaccine appeared less able to simulate the immune system than older flu jabs for two of four flu strains, the company said. Now, this is the company telling, telling us this. So uh, their only motivation is they'll get caught if they don't tell us. It also had far higher rates of side effects than the older shots. Now, the older shots are not mRNA jabs like the uh, COVID vaccines. The lack of efficacy was notable because flu vaccines have almost no real-world efficacy. Even Dr. Anthony Fauci told us that in a paper just last month. The trial began in June of 2022, covered 6,100 people in Argentina and other Southern Hemisphere countries. Moderna said it was changing the vaccine as a result of the trial failure and hoped to retest it in another clinical trial, but Moderna's stock fell about 5% today, notice, indicating that investors are skeptical of its plan. So with demand for mRNA COVID shots cratering, to nearly zero worldwide, the company is desperately trying to find new illnesses that its mRNA shots can treat. But it's going to have to follow a far more traditional development pathway for shots for those other diseases than they did for COVID. Remember, government regulators suspended normal development and approval processes for the COVID shots as part of the Operation Warp Speed and so the COVID shots from Moderna and other manufacturers were compared to placebo injections, not to each other. But of course, because there already are flu vaccines that already exist, Moderna had to test their shot, their mRNA shot against those rather than a placebo injection. In other words, a saline shot that doesn't contain any actual treatment in it. So this failure makes clear that uh, mRNA shots are going to have a lot more trouble getting approval in a more normal regulatory environment, especially if they have to be compared to other treatments. This is, a, you know, this is huge. This is almost as big as this story that I read this morning. I think I read it on, uh, on the Epic Times that um, there's been a 1,000% increase in syphilis among newborns. Okay, everybody just kind of listen to me for a minute, all right? A Mississippi medical director reports a Texas physician who was involved in the effort to get the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine data released by the FDA, because of what he's read in that data, Dr. Richard Bartlett, a Texas physician of 30 years, told the Epic Times that he questions whether the outbreak of syphilis and 2021 surge of hepatitis are potentially related to evidence from a new study suggesting that extended vaccination with receptor-binding domain boosters overturn the protective immune memories by promoting adaptive immune tolerance. So let me break that down for you in simple words. Prolonged boosters could be harming our immune systems. Well, there are people like me and Alex Berenson. We've been saying this for a long time. But now we're beginning to see, you know, uh, officials saying it. This is the Mississippi State Department of Health's Crossroads Clinic in Jackson, Mississippi, posted on Twitter back in January that the instance of babies born with syphilis, which is a sexually transmitted disease, that can be passed to the baby from the mother during pregnancy 
has increased by a thousand percent in six years, a trend that he said should be a thing of the past, right? So the same guy, uh, the state's former top health officer who advocated for COVID-19 vaccines and, max and masking told NBC News that in 2021, 102 newborns in Mississippi were treated for syphilis, which is up from 10 in 2016, and that's kind of a shock. I got more shocks for you. More shocks. Cancer rates are exploding from mRNA shots. I got more shocks for you, okay? These young people who are falling down, now we have a goalie on Tuesday, 25 years old in the prime of his life, fell down suddenly dead on the uh, soccer field. But we're not allowed to talk about that, okay? We're not allowed to claim anything, which is why you see young people at a Christian college who have been praying and worshiping around the clock for over a week, going on two weeks now. People are going from everywhere to this revival at Asbury College. They, and this is in Wilmore, Kentucky, not far from where I was visiting not so long ago. They have been praying and worshiping in their chapel for all this time because it just started in a regular chapel service when somebody got up and uh, gave a testimony, admitted all this stuff uh, that was wrong and that had him out of, uh, out of alignment with God. And the next thing you know, people won't go. People won't leave. This is not the first time this has happened in Asbury, as I told you before. It happened in February of 1970. It happened in, uh, at the turn of this last century. And now you're starting to see it spread. Now we have another story. Cedarville University in Ohio is going through a special outpouring and sensing of the presence of the Lord. Lee University in Tennessee began a 24-7 prayer vigil Monday morning. Uh, Anderson University in Indiana, Ohio Christian University near Columbus, Ohio, are all experiencing the same thing. As a matter of fact, I, I think it was Glenn Beck uh, wrote on The Glaze, or maybe it was uh, you know, a report of his radio show, um, when he spoke to Allison Perfeter, who's the Asbury student body president. She said, thousands of people hungry and desperate for community and God are showing up, and that people have been experiencing physical healing and freedom from anxiety and depression. I don't find this surprising, but I do find it the biggest story of the week and how little coverage it's getting is really, really uh, disturbing. In the same week that AOC uh, basically uh, condemns uh, Max Lucado, Lucado's uh, putting commercials on the Super Bowl, uh, inviting people to, to, uh, you know, to the Lord, inviting them. There is a hunger. People don't want to talk about it, right? It's much easier to talk about all the th all that's wrong than to maybe talk about some things that are right. For instance, you know, this young man who had that incident, Damar Hamlin, he, he got a lot of pushback on Sunday and Monday of this week 
for wearing what a lot of people thought was a blasphemous jacket at the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I was watching this story. It wasn't getting a lot of attention. There were a couple of sports guys who confronted him uh, online, on Twitter and stuff. Uh, former NFL multi-time all-pro running back Adrian Peterson labeled the jacket blasphemy. And he's a devout Christian, and he slammed Hamlin on social media, telling him, you should be thanking God, son. This is blasphemy. We all fall short, but come on, man. That jacket is disrespectful. And apparently, DeMar Hamlin's parents concurred. And after talking to them, now remember, this kid suffered a cardiac arrest. He's a Buffalo Bill safety. He has now apologized for wearing the jacket. The white Letterman jacket had yellow wording and designs on it. The part of it that most people found objectionable, including me, was the altered face of Jesus that was on the front left breast of the jacket, as well as the back of it with the word eternal displayed. After talking with my parents, I understand how my coat could have offended some people. It was never my intention to hurt or disrespect anyone. The coat is abstract art to me. It says eternal, which I am eternally thankful to my Savior, Hamlin proclaimed in a tweet. My beliefs and relationship with God is not tied to symbolic images, but I will learn from this and continue to walk in love as I always have. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Hamlin's been the subject of, of course, a lot of media coverage after that collapse. And right after his first interview, after the incident, he refused to comment on what doctors said led to the, uh, to the event. And there's a whole bunch of people who are speculating, I'm one of them, that perhaps the NFL has asked him not to speak about it and definitely not to speak about the COVID vaccination and his vaccination status. But we know that he had to have been vaccinated because he was allowed to play. So, you know, th this, has got to, this has got to change. We cannot continue to pretend that people are not concerned about this. You know, I, I have mad love for all those young men who got on their knees that day and prayed when he went into cardiac arrest. But I don't have mad love for this uh, artist, Takashi Murakami, uh, who charged, uh, you know, over $3,000 for said jacket. And, uh, and who, by the way, uh, may or may not be a person of faith themselves. I don't know. You know, there's modern art that offends me. And there's modern art that doesn't offend me. That jacket, that picture on the back and the face on the front was very offensive to Christians, just was. And that DeMar Hamlin didn't realize that that might happen is interesting. Because if I was in his, his position, I'd be thinking a lot about God, a lot. And he has now clarified that he is, and that he is uh, you know, now made aware, has been made aware that the jacket was insulting to many Christians. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how, how this goes. But in the meantime, there's a bunch of young people his age at Asbury University, at uh, Lee University, all over the country now, 
who are locked in doing a prayer shut-in for hour upon hour upon day upon weeks now that realize that uh, that maybe one of the things America needs to do is get right, you know, get right with God. And maybe then uh, there won't be so much violence and racism and profanity and vulgarity and all that stuff that we are now experiencing. Um, don't forget to, coming up at 1 o'clock is Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock is Ben Shapiro. 6 o'clock, the WPTV News. And then we head straight into the weekend. And I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to the weekend. Um, so stay right where you are. I've got one segment left to finish up. And uh, you are invited. Stay right where you are. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'll tell you. It's going to be very interesting uh, to see how this gets resolved at CNN with this uh, Don Lamont. But, uh, you know, um, on Friday, Caitlin Collins opened the show by saying their controversial co-host has the day off as Poppy Harlow joked that she was going to complain to bosses after going to the All-Star NBA game in Utah. I don't know what that means. You know, I, I really don't. You know, these people, there's one set of rules for conservatives and another set of rules for the left. And, you know, it, people are frustrated and tired of that. They really are. ISIS boss has been killed in a raid. Unfortunately, four U.S. service members and one dog were also wounded last night during a raid which killed a senior ISIS senior leader. The helicopter raid in northeastern Syria was carried out by the U.S. and the Syrian Democratic Forces, and the targeted ISIS senior leader was Hamza el-Hamzi. The uh, service members and the working dog are receiving treatment in Iraq. Uh, that's right after the U.S. Special Forces uh, killing an ISIS leader and 10 other terrorists in northern Somalia, uh, Bilal al-Sudani, who was a key financial facilitator for the global terrorist organization in a remote mountainous area with case. It's interesting that this is in front page news. I, I'm just, you know, I read papers from all over the world, and I read this in a, uh, a UK paper, in a British paper, I saw the first uh, mention of it yesterday, and then I saw a mention this morning in the mirror, or, or it might have been in the in the um, I think it was in the in the mirror. And you know, if if there's a raid that kills an ISIS leader, is that not like major news? Should that not actually take precedence over you know news of uh, you know whether or not Fox? Uh, analysts like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and uh, Tucker Carlson were calling Don uh, Donald Trump names behind his back. Like you know, that's interesting. And I don't e I don't know whether Mediaite is a source that I I choose to believe most of the time. But even if it were true, that is that sur really surprising to anyone. Does anybody really believe that that you know these uh, huge uh, large following uh, to talk show hosts on any network, including Fox, don't say one thing on the air and think something else? Come on, guys. I mean, you know, th they have their prestigious status. They get these interviews with uh, Donald Trump and all this other stuff by, at least on the air, 
acting as if they believe everything he says and that they think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, or at least a really good thing. I know that to be true. Because then when you have the diehards like me and Levin, we don't get the accolades and the, well, he gets the big paycheck, but, you know, I certainly don't. Donald Trump doesn't come on my show in spite of the fact, anymore anyway, in spite of the fact that I'm probably his longest standing and staunchest supporter. If you want to, uh, you know, if you want to have an inside track, then, and you want to be in prime time on Fox, you have to, you have to go with the flow and you have to say what you're supposed to be saying, I guess. That doesn't really surprise me. I don't admire it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. It's not, th it's not important enough for me. If I didn't like him, you would know it. I would tell you. You know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, some of the crazy headlines that I'm seeing today. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to this headline um, about Ann Coulter and, uh, you know, some kind of bizarre statement. She's been making some bizarre statements lately, but she told Nikki Haley to go back to your own country. Is that, it? can that actually even be true or was it a sarcastic comment? I don't know. I really don't. She's under fire for it, though. Apparently, she was on the Mark Simone show, uh, or the podcast, this week, and she made several xenophobic comments about Nikki Haley. Why don't you go back to your own country, apparently? Now, I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, is that possible? Ann and I haven't talked in a long, long time. She'll certainly, uh, if she wants to come defend that comment on this show, she'd be welcome to. And I'm not supporting Nikki Haley. I, 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 you know, I'm very disappointed in Nikki Haley. I've been disappointed since she left her position uh, in the United Nations. I don't know why she did that. She was making a difference, and you know, she her head got too big. And 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 I I don't know. You know, I don't know if Anne, apparently Anne is reputed to have said her candidacy did remind me that I need to immigrate to India so I can demand they start taking down parts of their history. What's with the worshiping of the cows? They're all starving over there. Did you know they have a rat temple where they worship rats? Uh, you know, some of that does sound a little, uh, a little culturish. Coulter also called Haley a bimbo and a preposterous creature criticizing her for having advocated removing the Confederate flag. Well, I, I, uh, I criticized her for that, but I didn't call her a bimbo. From the grounds of the South Carolina State House after the uh, shooting at the AME Church in Charleston, apparently she went on to say, this is my country, lady. I'm not an American Indian, and I don't like them taking down all the monuments. Okay. You know, I think the problem might actually be that nobody's paying attention to Anne these days. Just saying, you know, I don't know. But that kind of, you know, seems like a, a, a possibility. By the way, this is Nikki Haley's country, so she doesn't have to go back anywhere. It's getting ugly out here, folks. Getting ugly. Now you got Carrie Lake uh, beating up on uh, Governor DeSantis. You, you see me staying out of that. I, I support Donald Trump. I think that Governor DeSantis is the best governor we've ever had. I want him to remain the governor of Florida. But in terms of me, uh, you know, uh, trashing him or trashing Trump or trashing uh, Ted Cruz, who, by the way, announced he's not running for president. Well done, Ted, because in about f five years, you'll have your shot. 
you know. But uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to. There's nothing nasty I could possibly say about Governor DeSantis, although if he chooses to not lead this state in the manner that he's leading it, then I'll, uh, I'll pick on him too. But for now, that ain't happening. But I do love me some Trump. You guys know that. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time until next time. And I don't love him because he comes on my show. Because he doesn't. I love him because he stands for the same things I stand for. And he's got the guts to fight. Uh, thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here on Monday at 12 o'clock. If it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. May God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. Have a pleasant weekend, you all, and try to turn off all the noise. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.